Welcome to the Slay the Giant podcast. In this podcast, you will learn, you will grow, you will laugh. This podcast will transform and change your life. Get ready to slay your giants and conquer your fears. Slay the Giant podcast is here for you. So listen up and learn. Let's go. Hey, Slay family, welcome back. I am so excited because this is episode 20. Woohoo! Um, and I'm just super excited that we have made it to this episode. This is not the end. Oh, no, this is only the beginning. We are just getting started. We have more topics to cover, we have more guests to include. Um, however, I'm going to go on a little bit of a break. I have some other projects you'll be hearing about very soon that I'm so excited about. One of the things that I know that God has called me to do in this season of my life is to help other people with their projects and help other people fulfill their vision and their goals and their dreams for um, their life. And so I'm going to be helping some folks publish some books, you know, helping other folks do their podcasts. I'm going to be doing some other projects that I'm super excited about. Um, And I get joy out of helping other people actualize their vision and fulfill their their God-given purpose. I think that's one of my callings is, you know, using the skills and the tools that God has given me, even the resources he's given me to help somebody else who may have a project that, you know, don't have all the answers or know, you know, how to make it all come to fruition. That's where God is placing me in this season. And so um, for a little while, I'll be helping other folks with their vision. And then I'm going to come back and we're going to have some great episodes. Um, I have some phenomenal ideas on how to enhance uh, the podcast and how to you know increase viewership. And if you have anything you want to suggest, please, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Let me know what topics you guys want to cover because I really want to be a blessing. And I think the number one way to be a blessing is to reach you where you need and where you need uh, support or where you need answers and where you feel like uh, you need, um, you know, some of the resources that are out there that I can definitely, you know, help pour into you. So um, we are getting ready to go into a topic that is very important and near and dear to my heart, something that I know the Lord has called me to, uh, and it is ministering to preacher's kids. Again, I feel like God has called me in this season to pour out into other folks and um, help them build their destinies, their dreams, their callings. And one group of people that the Lord has called me to assign me to has been preacher's kids. Many, many years ago, uh, some friends and I got together and we attended a preacher's kids conference. Um, I think we went to two of the conferences. One was, um, in, uh, DC at, uh, pastors, uh, Alfred and Susie Owens' church. And that was powerful. Um, and it was just a bunch of PKs coming together. Um, well-known PKs, um, Bishop Jake's children, um, Bishop Morton, um, you know, you had uh, Bishop uh, Alfred Owens, his daughter was a part of it. Just so many different leaders, um, you know, coming together and, you know, to pour into the next generation. And it was really nice um, that we had that outlet. We had the opportunity to share our own things that we were dealing with as preachers kids. But it was really nice that I was joined by um, one of my good friends, Sonia, who also has a podcast, um, So Work With Son. And then one of my girlfriends, Ashley Bear, and then Eva Peart um, went with us to the location of, uh, we, we went to um, the AMA Church 
well-known AME church in New York. Um, I'm looking at their names now, Dr. Floyd and uh, Elaine Flake. Um, their children were involved in it as well. And so we just had this fantastic time, but it was not just the conference. It was also being able to talk to one another about each other's experiences. And then we also just encourage one another and we have strengthened each other throughout um, our life. And so it's just been a beautiful thing. And then a couple years later, I felt led of the Lord to host my own Preacher's Kids Conference, um, which was impactful and powerful. Uh, the speakers at the time were Evangelist Joycelyn Barnett. And she, I mean, she prophesied as if the room was filled with hundreds of young people. And it was about 20 of us. Um, but I just felt like we needed to be poured into because we give so much as Preacher's Kids, as Minister's Kids. We give so much. We give our time. You know, we give our energy. Um, we give our parents. And because we give so much, we got to be filled back up so that we can have something to offer when we are um, giving. You know, I have a friend who says you can't give from an empty cup. Um, you have to be full in order to give out of your overflow. And that's where, you know, we want to be as believers, as whether you're a preacher kid or not, you want to be filled up so that you can pour out into the next generation. So fast track to 2020 um, when we're in the house and, you know, there's a pandemic and we can't get out. I just kept getting contacted by so many preachers, kids who were just feeling discouraged, feeling drained, not knowing, you know, who to talk to, not having many outlets. Because when you are part of a preacher's family, you know, you got to be careful who you talk to, because if you talk to the wrong person, you know, they could give the information out to somebody else. And then, you know, that's your family's reputation right there all out there um, simply because you, you confided in the wrong person. And I know that has happened to many preachers' kids, but there just was not that safe space for preachers' kids to let out anything that they were thinking about, frustrating them, any of their uh, weaknesses, any of the areas that they needed uh, help in or prayer, uh, you know, help with prayer even. Um, so there were just areas that, you know, a lot of preachers' kids were struggling and they were reaching out to me. And I said, you know what, we got to do something because I know that there are more people out here who are struggling in this area and that need this kind of support. They need this kind of help. They need uh, someone to speak life into their situations, to speak life into, you know, wherever they are. Um, and not only does the preacher's kids need, you know, encouragement and upliftment, but I think the pastor needs that same encouragement and pastors need tools because, you know, there's no manual on, you know, this is how you should operate as a pastor. I think we are evolving into how pastors should, you know, operate and, and raise their families and love their wives. And, you know, I think we're evolving to the place of giving pastors time to spend with their families and members understanding that the pastor can't be at their beck and call. And, you know, you may not be able to reach them every moment of the day because they do have a family and that family is that priority. I think we're evolving to that. But there was a time where the ministry was their first ministry. I mean, the ministry was their first priority. And so uh, we're evolving in those aspects. But uh, the conference yesterday was phenomenal. Okay. Can I just say it was phenomenal. If you've not heard it, you need to go to Facebook or YouTube. Um, Facebook, the page is PK Collective, Preacher's Kick Collective. And then for um, YouTube, it's the Giant Sayers Conference page. And whether or not you're a preacher's kid, 
Even if you're a minister's kid, deacon's kid, or maybe you are now a minister of the gospel and you're raising a family or you want to raise a family one day, this is just for everyone. And you need to go back and you need to listen to it because the transparency, the honesty, um, the, um, you know, talking about what their future plans are and how they're now making the change to raise their family different is just phenomenal, huge, amazing. And I believe that from this conference, people are going to think differently towards how they're operating in ministry and how they're raising their families. And that is the goal, right? We want you to process what you've done, process how you've raised your family, process how you have been brought up and, um, you know, deal with the things that have been challenging to you. And then now making steps to heal, making steps to be restorative, making steps to um, be what God has called you to be in this time, in this season. So let's just do a recap real quick. We had amazing speakers. Um, Colleen Blake Miller, who I told her almost any platform that I have and I can bring her on, I am going to because what she is declaring to the body of Christ right now about um, Jesus and therapy and deliverance and therapy has been um, phenomenal. And it is something that we all need to hear because there has been this stigma in the body of Christ, in the black community in particular, around therapy, around medicine, around mental health, around mental illness that we have to debunk in order for us to walk in some of the freedom that God has, you know, given to us through counselors, through therapists, um, through healing, through processing, all of the different things that tools that therapists can provide. So Colleen Blake Miller, Sigourney Nelson, that girl is phenomenal, gave some powerful stats and just tools and resources. Um, NYU graduate, super smart, um, super talented. And I mean, just her heart and transparency regarding being, um, you know, a preacher's kid was just out of this world. I'm just so excited to see what God is doing and to hear her vision regarding mental health um, blesses me so much, especially, you know, at her local church in the city that she's in. I'm, I'm excited to see what God is going to do. And then we have uh, evangelist reverend who preached taught um, Jessica Ellis Bolgen. This is uh, the daughter of um, Bishop um Jay Delano Ellis, who we um, celebrated this weekend, his one year anniversary of his death. Um, and we just honor, you know, the, the ministry, the legacy, his life. Um, but she preached the word. And I mean, she talked about being perfectly imperfect. And some of the things that she shared was just profound. She talked about how we need to get off the pedestal, um, how we put ourselves on the pedestal. Um, what are God's standards for us? We are sometimes as preachers, kids, we focus on the standards of the church, the standards of our families, the standards of, you know, people who are watching us when the standard needs to be set by God himself. And when the standard is set by God and we're following that standard, everybody else doesn't matter. And she said, stop trying to be the same because we're different. And then she quoted that song, I'm different. Yeah, I'm different. You know the song, the hip hop song. Don't act like you don't know it. Um, and she talked about just being different, being who God has called you to be, not being afraid, not being ashamed. You're called out of darkness into the marvelous, marvelous light. And it's okay. 
she talked about fish grow to the size of their container and how in, in order for us to be all that God has called us to, to be, he's calling us to step out um, of our box, our containers, our uh, the, the places that we have allowed ourselves to be contained in and, and just be, um, you know, just allow the Lord to use us in great and mightier ways. Um, then we had Pastor Heston um, out of New York, um, Purpose Life Church, and then Josh Bear from Christian Life Church in Maryland. And they did a phenomenal job of just talking. And it was good to just be like a fly on the wall in their dialogue and conversation um, because they brought out some amazing points. They're both fathers um, at different stages. Um, Josh um, is a father of two young children. Uh, I believe they're under the age of three. Um, and then Pastor Heston, he has a he has children at a variety of ages. I think his oldest may be 16 and youngest may be about 10. I'm not sure about that, but he can, I'm sure... Uh, if you go to their website, that, that can clarify that. Um, but anyway, they both are raising their families um, and they're doing things a little bit different than what they had seen before. So they talked about, um, you know, the fact that, you know, many of us are from the same denomination, Church of God. And a lot of times the vacations were general assembly. And Pastor Heston just shared that, you know, he wants his children to have experiences outside of Sunday to brag about. He wants his children to talk about the vacation they went on and being able to go different places other than just church. He wants his children, his their Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to be just as special as, you know, Saturday or Sunday. And so that was very powerful and profound. Um, Pastor Helson Heston talked about pointing children in the direction of their future. And he talked about how sometimes, you know, the family is used as, you know, to carry the image or to uphold this um, image of perfection. Um, but he's like, children need to be put on the bow, stretched, and then, you know, sent out um, and not just, you know, put in our back pocket to show when it is time to display the family. But it's very important that we're pointing our children in the, in the way that they should go. And he's so good about giving um, illustrations. He gave a few illustrations that were very powerful um, and then Josh Bear talked about um, what you're doing for God shouldn't become a curse to your family. What you do for God should not become a curse to your family. And oftentimes you'll see the pastor put so many things before his own children, his own wife, sometimes his own. I mean, they give their time, they sacrifice so much. And, um, you know, you don't want the ministry you don't want your children to be bitter because of how much time you spent in ministry. And I'll share about my own experiences in a minute, but I just kind of want to recap some of the things that were said. Um, Pastor Heston said, if we save the world at the stake of losing our families, we've missed the mark. So powerful because how often do we as believers sow and give into other people's lives and we're, you know, doing funerals, weddings, we're at the baby's christenings, at the baby showers, we're at every member's birthday party, we're calling them up, they have access to us and they're, you know, all of these different things. And then at the end of the day, we have nothing to give to our own children, our own families. That has got to stop. We have to make the paradigm shift to put family as a priority and really meet it and not just let it be in words, but let it be in deeds. Let us uh, be serious about putting things in perspective and setting the priority for our family. And Josh said something so profound. He said, you know, 
for people who may have grown up in a pastor's family and now they are pastors or leaders, you know, if they can, if they uh, continue the cycle, the same cycle of overworking, of putting the church first, of, you know, spending all their time at church and not spending time with their family, then they're at risk of uh, doing the same cycle, but there will be a different ramification. And this was powerful because how many of us know preachers, kids who were raised in the church, were brought up in, in this, um, uh, you know, bubble, this, this fishbowl, um, they had this high standard, you know, maybe mom and dad were busy with building the ministry because it's a lot to build a ministry. It takes a lot of work. Um, and then you see that, you know, when they become an adult, they no longer want to do the ministry. And, and that's for a lot of reasons. Okay. That's a loaded statement because some people don't want to be a part of ministry because of the church hurt and the things that they've seen. And some of the things that they have um, watched over the years has kind of turned them off to ministry. You know, the the hypocrisy. Sometimes you'll see, you know, people slander your parents or your family or, you know, people who smile in their face. And then, you know, they don't have good intentions for your family. And you're wondering, Lord, how can I worship with people who don't even like my family? Or how can I be a part of a church when they, you know, don't care about uh, my family's needs? And so that is something that um, was super powerful. I want to go back to some things that happened at the very beginning of the session. Um, so Granny talked about perfectionism and the fear of making a mistake. And that's huge for a lot of preachers kids is we have this belief that we can't make a mistake. And it is a belief that is given to us by the body of Christ. The church suggests that we can't make a mistake that, you know, everyone's child can make a mistake, but us. And I love, love, love that Jessica Bolgen, um, mentioned that, you know, she had a child before marriage and, you know, she talked about her experiences and how she had to process that with her father, because, you know, the church says, well, you know, when you make a mistake like that, you need to sit before the church or you need to sit down or you can't operate in ministry, but the deacons kids are operating in ministry and they're doing things. So there was not a process of of restoration, but more so just sit down and be silent until we're ready to use you again. Um, and so there's this thought that we have to be perfect. We can't make mistakes. And if we do, it's going to uh, leave a bad impression on the church. It's going to leave a bad image on the body of Christ. Then you have imposter syndrome, feeling like you don't belong, feeling like you, uh, the role that you're in, you shouldn't be there. Somebody else should be there. We have to be mindful of that. Um, Sigourney gave some uh, statistics. He said 65% of pastors feel their family's lives uh, or, or lives in a glass house. What does that mean? That their family is constantly being, constantly being scrutinized, watched. Um, their family is constantly being, um, you know, talked about, targeted. Um, you know, everyone else's kids could do something. But as the moment that the preacher's kid does it, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, they shouldn't be doing this. They're wrong. And Hey, give them some grace. The same grace you would give your kids is the same grace that you need to give to the preacher's kids. And I think my sister, mother, Ajene Miller said that um, at the end when we said what every member should know, um, she talked about giving grace. Colleen was very, very open 
um, Colleen Miller Blake was very open about some of the challenges she's faced as a preacher's kid. And she talked about something that happens a lot of time in uh, West Indian culture in particular, where you'll have a mother in the church or somebody who is a spiritual leader and they'll rough, they'll call it, they call it quote unquote, roughing the child up or roughing that person up, you know, trying to, you know, set them straight. Hey, give us some grace, show us some love. And I always say, if you can't hug me first, if you don't have a relationship with me first, please don't come come around me correcting me. <laughs> and not that I can't be corrected, I can, can be corrected. Correct me in love, correct me with a heart that says, I'm really here for you, I'm here to support you. I want to I see the best out of you. Um, I know that there's greater on the inside of you. And, and you, that's the, the place of correction um, that we should be in as members. But from my own perspective, here's what I thank God for. I thank God for the godly heritage that I have been given. Um, I thank God for my parents, Jonathan and Laverne Ramsey, who were both preacher's kids. And they had witnessed so many things in their own journey as preacher's kids. I will tell you that they made a change. They evolved as parents simply because of their experiences Um as pastor's kids. And I think about my grandparents who sacrificed my grandfather, Bishop Jonathan Ramsey senior. Um, he was one who built his church, um, in the city of Miami. Um, and he also, um, well, he was, he was one who took over the church from Bishop Jackson. Um, but he was a pastor who got the opportunity to travel very far oftentimes to be a leader. And so my uncles and aunts and dad would spend a lot of time in the car, um, and, you know, giving meals to church members and really serving in ministry. My dad couldn't go to his prom. My dad couldn't participate in football games. Those things were not allowed simply because they were the preacher's kids and they had to set the example for, you know, other people in the body. And then my mom, on the other hand, grew up a little bit different. Um, her family, I would say they were a little bit more woke. <laughs> um, the, the, I think one of the highlights, the funniest stories that I hear is, uh, um, you know, about certain family members who, you know, disobeyed by wearing makeup. Cause you know, back then you couldn't wear makeup, but I had one particular aunt who was like, no, I'm wearing my makeup. And she came out in her makeup and everybody else was liberated to wear their makeup. Um, and that, that was a beautiful story. And then the, the heritage, um, on my mom's side of every Sunday morning, my grandfather called everyone to pray. My grandfather called everyone at 6 a.m., I think that's why we have uh, prayer meetings now in our family is um, that those times, but called everyone at 6 a.m. to pray and to spend time with the Lord. Um, so I'm grateful for that godly heritage. But I believe when my parents got married and came together, they made some different decisions. Um, no parent is perfect. Um, everyone makes mistakes. Everyone has challenges. But one of the, some of the things that they did right, um, I'd say, was uh, a lot of times, you know, there was church services that we didn't attend when we were growing up. Um, and it was just Bishop Ramsey's kids are not here. Um, you know, I honestly, the highlights of my childhood were things like camp meetings. I know I'm so weird, but I still love church to this day. Um, you know, I love to see ministry. I love to hear the preach word. I love to watch it cause I, I grew up on it. Um, but yeah, we, we didn't always go to Sunday night service and we definitely didn't make it eight o'clock service. <laughs> you know, my mom did her best to get us up. And while my dad has, he would leave early in the morning. Um, but 
one of the things that they made sure that we felt like that we were priority. Second thing I would say is, um, you know, my dad had Mondays off. So my dad's day to cook was Monday and we knew what we were going to get for dinner on Mondays. Um, one of the, the highlights is that my dad, whenever he traveled to preach, he tried to come back in that same day. Um, so it, he never was trying to stay out more than a day or two. He, he would always come back home. Um, which I remember that even if we heard the door opening at three o'clock in the morning, he always came back home. Um, my mom um, was an educator. She worked and still works to this day. Um, and I think part of her um, journey has been, you know, that she has also wanted to us to have balance in our lives. And so she was the one who sacrificed sometimes to, you know, make sure that we had that balance of, of um, you know, feeling like, we weren't singled out. Like my mom is a true mama's bear. Like don't mess with her kids. Don't talk about her kids. If your kids are doing this in X, Y, Z, don't treat my kids differently. My mom is definitely that person. And I feel like a lot of times they tried to shelter us from certain things, even though I did see things, I heard things. Um, there were things that, um, people would bring to my attention, which is so weird. Members don't do that. Don't bring things to your preacher's kids attention, especially if they don't know, like, hello, keep adult business as adult business, but members would bring to my attention different things. And so there's things I heard and seen, um, uh, throughout the years. Um, and it made me to be a better person, a, a better believer, a better Christian. And I know now how to treat, um, ministers, kids, preachers, kids in particular. Um, and then I have a, a template, uh, of, um, of how to raise my own kids. One of the highlights of our childhood is that we got to do what other kids got to do. We played sports. I was a cheerleader. My brothers got to play football. And even if a game was on a Sunday morning, even if the game was on Sunday, we still went. <laughs> I had to whisper that because I know the saints will be like, no, you can't play on a Sunday. No, we played. We went to church first. Oh, yeah. So even when we moved to Connecticut, um, my brothers had games on Sundays, but they were in somebody's service or somebody's Sunday school before their game um, because my parents didn't play that. But we definitely still got to go and be a part of things. I remember um, Halloween. Um, we didn't get to dress up. I really wanted to dress up in this. Uh, I think I wanted to be Jasmine um, from Aladdin. And my mom was like, nope, you are not going to be Jasmine. You are Queen Esther. <laughs> my brothers were David and Goliath and we got to go um, to a neighborhood where a lot of our members lived and we went door to door getting candy from them. And that's what I mean by they really, really worked hard to make sure that we were regular. Um, we also got to go on some dope vacations growing up. Um, when we were younger, we traveled to Europe. We went to the Bahamas often. We traveled uh, to almost every island you could imagine. Like vacations were our thing. Like we went on a vacation every year. Um, and so, yeah, that was great. Um, so I would say those are some of the great highlights that, you know, I will forever cherish. I will also say that I am challenged, um, with some of the things that we talked about in our discussion yesterday, uh, perfectionism, that fear of making a mistake, um, that fear of, you know, if I do this, then there's so many consequences and not just on me, but on my family, wearing the weight on my fam of my family, being the representative for my family, for um, events and, you know, even people who give me information to take back to my family. And it's just a lot of pressure. Um, there is an overwhelming pressure to just be 
perfect to be um present you know um to, to to just be always in the forefront and always there and you know if you miss a sunday it's like where's the pastor's daughter like what is she doing what's wrong is she leaving god no i still love jesus i just needed a sunday or i'm preaching somewhere i'm doing something else or you know there's just so much pressure um and, uh, you know, sometimes that imposter syndrome kicks in. It's like, really, I'm called to do this, Lord. You really, you have assigned me to not only now be a preacher's daughter, but now be a preacher and I'm called and I'm assigned, I'm chosen. I'll tell you one of the biggest challenges that I've had to face over the course of the last a couple years as I prepare to, you know, have a family of my own, I, that's a desire of my heart, is really working on balance for myself. I found that I was so busy doing ministry. I was so busy writing books. I was so busy. I mean, my job, you know, takes a lot of my time. Um, and also being a young adult pastor and caring for young adults, caring for young people. Ha I found that I didn't have time for myself or for the people that I loved. I didn't have time uh, to have a social life. I didn't have time to go on dates like I wanted to. Um, I just didn't have time. And I have now now started to carve out time for Ashley and for the goals that I have personally and for the things I enjoy doing. That was a huge step for me because obviously there's a template put in front of you to keep going and do and always be. And sometimes, you know, you got to just relax and you got to just sit back and you got to just allow certain things or allow God to be God. Surrender. Come on, somebody. I wrote the book. You got to surrender um, your life to the Lord and allow him to do what he wants to do in your life and journey. Um, and so I have taken a lot of steps backwards and just plan time for friends and plan time for laughing. I try to laugh every day for as long and often as I can. Um, just try to find time to read some of the books that I really want to read. So I'm reading a ton of books right now um, and just learning the art of saying no. Um, that is something that I had to learn um, because I didn't see it. Like, you know, when you got the opportunity, you said yes, no matter if it's like four times you're doing it in a day, you're preaching in a day. I, I'm not called, I'm not wired. My dad has so much energy and I know that he's called to preach multiple services in a day, but I don't know if I'm called to do that. He has not graced me to do that as of yet. And I am quite comfortable with saying, you know what? I actually have a preaching engagement that day. And I, you know, as much as I want to be at two to three events in a day, I am not called to do that. Um, you know, also I'm bivocational. So um, sometimes I'm called to preach out of the country, out of town, I, you know, and if I can do it, I can, I will, I'll do it. But I am comfortable with saying, no, I don't have the time to do that. I am comfortable with saying, you know what? I put on my calendar that I'm going out with my homegirls this weekend and we're going to have dinner and we're going, you know, maybe we're going to wait, whatever the plans are. I'm going to keep those plans. I'm not going to stop those plans because, you know, somebody needs me to fill in in their pulpit on a Sunday morning. I know this is like messing with somebody and ruffling their felt feathers. I am called. Let me tell you, at the end of the day, I am called to ministry. And there are often times where I am available and free and I can take that call to go preach at somebody's church. And then there are times where I just need to rest my mind. I have been doing church since the day I was born. I was born in a 
general assembly season. <laughs> and uh, my dad legit left general assembly to come see my birth. So I have been in church my whole life. I know what ministry is about. I know God has called me to do a great work. I know God has, has his hand on me. I know all of the things God wants me to do. And I am on fire. I am more on fire for souls than I've ever been. But I also recognize that there are times where I need to rest. And that is a commandment from the word of God. That is something that we are called to do. Just like we're called to go, we are also called to rest. And we have to recognize that when God has called us to rest, we need to sit ourselves down and we need to rest. I am learning this so much in this season. I think this is what God's message is to me is his first word was surrender, but now it is to simply rest and stop worrying about tomorrow. Tomorrow will be worrying about itself. All of the things you want to do, I'm talking to myself, all the things you want to do, all of the things you have on your vision board and the plans and all of the things you heard prophetically and all of the countries you're going to preach in, you're going to do all of that, Ashley, but you may not do it today. You may not do it tomorrow. It may take time and God is processing you and developing you so that you can fulfill those destinies. So I am telling you that I have learned from what I have seen and I have benefited from a great childhood and a great life, but I have also made some different choices for my own life and I know that my family my future family is going to benefit from the fact that I am so willing to just say, you know what? I am not going to give myself, you know, away to the ministry and not have any time for my husband or my kids or my family. I don't want to be a public success and a private failure. I want to give my all to my family, my husband, my children, and then also, you know, do the ministry and do write books and do all of those wonderful things. But I don't want to lose my family in the process of it because I can see the ramifications and what happens when a leader is so focused on ministry um, that they lose their family. And thank God my brothers, Jonathan and Nathan and I are all in ministry. We love the Lord. I think part of that is because you know, my parents did make us priority and they did show us that, you know, we are first. Uh, my mom stayed home, sacrificed 10 years of her um, career to stay home with us, to make sure that we were okay, that we were able to go to school, that we had a balanced life. I'm telling you, they were stellar parents. Um, uh, my high school years, I say, I often say it was the best and the worst of times because I didn't go to the greatest high school, honestly. Um, sorry if you're from my high school and you're listening, <laughs> uh, but but um, my high school years are spent like in the car, constantly driving to different places between Boston and Bridgeport, you know, teaching and preaching. And honestly, you know, if you saw me back then, you may have noticed that those weren't the happiest years of my life. Um, but I got a little bit better in college and, um, you know, I am learning and growing um, in who I am as a person. And as I learn and grow, I am allowing the Lord to make me all that he wants me to be. Now, there were some happy times in my high school. Don't feel bad for me. I had a great high school experience. Um, but uh, I think the challenges were I weren't, I wasn't able to be um, a normal average high schooler, didn't attend any games. I didn't have the opportunity to like hang out at friends' houses, which probably worked out for my benefit anyway. Um, you know, but some of the experience I hear my colleagues and friends talk about in high school, I just didn't have. And maybe that was God's way of preserving me. I don't know. Um, but I do know 
know this, that um, I'm doing things differently. I'm making up for lost times in a lot of ways um, because I want to live a fulfilled life. At the end of my journey, I want God to get the glory, number one. And number two, I want to be able to say I've done everything God has called me to do. I've lived my life to the fullest and maximum, and I've done everything that my potential has allowed. So um, that's it. Uh, you have heard probably one of the most transparent um, podcasts you will hear um, because I just want to be real um, when I'm talking to you guys. I want you guys to know that I'm a human, that I have feelings. I have different think challenges and different things that I've gone through as a preacher's kid. And um, it's made me who I am. It's made me a better person. And I know um, that throughout this journey that God is um, going to allow me to speak into the lives of other preachers, kids and to you. Um, so anyway, that's the end of our podcast today. I appreciate you listening to my, uh, chat and talk about what we did yesterday. And then on top of that, talking about my own personal experiences, um, God bless you. I hope that you're praying for me as I pray for you. Um, we will be back. Um, and I'll let you know a little bit more about that in the future. Follow me on Instagram, She Slays Giants. And then on uh, Facebook, Ashley Ramsey. We'll probably have some other social media outlets in the future. But until then, God bless you. I love you. And uh, be encouraged. Know that God is with you. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening to the Slay the Giant podcast. I know that you've been blessed. Maybe you've cried, laughed, or you've learned something. Whichever way, thank you for joining us today. I pray that as you go throughout your week, you'll meditate on what you've heard and you'll grow and continue to learn. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, please go to slaythegiantpodcast at gmail.com or you can go to my website at www.allramsey.org. Thank you and until next time, be blessed.